Welcome to the Red Thread. I'm Randy, your host, and uh, appreciate you joining us, the Royal We, me, myself, and I, for another episode. This is episode number two, and uh, we'll start off by asking a question here. How do you know what's real and what's not real, what's true, and what's fiction? Most of us know what we've been told or what we were raised to believe, uh, what we were brought up to consider right and wrong. Uh, We do also have some gut instincts that will tell us if something is right or wrong or something is for or against us as a person. Now, many of us will come to a point when we start to realize that everything we've been taught, everything we've believed as truth because we were told by people who supposedly knew better with what the situation really was. So, uh, in a world that's turned upside down and every single truth is inverted and fiction therefore hides truths, how do we piece together an understanding? Well, we research, we network, we seek knowledge and wisdom. Though the path is littered and obstructed by masterful deceptions and distractions, uh, and we en masse are just too happy to watch the right hand while the left steals, kills, and destroys. And you can flip that around. It's not about right versus left. So, say the right hand steals, kills, and destroys. Wouldn't make a difference. We'd all be far too busy watching, uh, happily watching at that, the left hand. So, I put forth the effort to seek about the truth, about the underlying story, uh, and about, you know, our place in the universe. I guess kind of like we all at least have some curiosity and uh, to the question, what are we doing here? Uh, what is this all about? You know, and... uh Putting forth this effort leads to some some strange uh, places. You know, putting forth the effort to look into these things uh, really uh, the situation gets pretty hairy pretty fast. Um, you know, and uh, one thing that that I do note is that uh, intention, our, our focused intent, is one of the strongest things uh, in in the world, in my opinion. One of the greatest powers. Uh, that you could have is to focus your intention uh, to achieve a certain result, right? Now, our our intention has been hijacked um, and used just to create the things, right? Just to create useless crap and things and, uh, uh, you know, toys and gadgets and things just to waste time, really. Um, So, you know, what happens when thousands upon thousands of people 
focus their intentions on seeking the real story of history or seeking the truth about the past. Uh, I think that things like the phenomenon uh, that we can call Tartaria at this moment happen where a mass of uncovering of knowledge happens and grows uh, simply because the intentions of people and the hunger in their souls for the knowledge that's denied them. It seems to me that we have been told uh, in a roundabout way what's going on around us and what has happened in the past here on Earth or on this plane or planet or uh, whatever you subscribe to. So uh, it seems to me that all this quote-unquote fiction in the world, um, books, TV shows, movies, really kind of any type of media, basically, a vast majority of, of media, movies, etc., are put out with a kind of a purpose of balancing some kind of universal karmic law where uh, humanity has to be shown what's going on and what's happening to them by those that are inflicting upon the world, whatever it is. That uh, So that way they can balance their karma uh, so that they can keep getting away with these things. So what is one to do in an effort, you know, to stand up for themselves or to even try to bring light into like a really dark situation? Um, the only thing that I can figure to do is to reach out, right? Find others like me who see the lies we've been fed, who feel the evil onslaught coming for us uh, and our sense of security. And for our senses of self and, and, and for our souls. Um, first, when I started realizing that history was a hollow sham, I looked deeper into the fringes. At, uh, at first, all you could find online was conspiracies or stories about aliens and the alien cover-up. Um, very few things on cloud seeding, weather control. And right after uh, Hurricane Katrina, you start seeing things about the H-A-A-R-P, or HARP array, and how maybe this is causing uh, cataclysmic events around the world. Um, you know, needless to say that the CIA coined the term conspiracy theorist uh, probably after the JFK assassination. Um, I mean, I, I guess you can call it, and I guess it indeed was an assassination, but not quite how we're told it happened. Um, you know, at least to my knowledge, one bullet cannot cause more than one entry and exit wound. These things travel in straight lines. It's not like, uh, it's not like, uh, some of the movies that were out in the eighties where, where bullets had, uh, programmed or were flown via, uh, you know, radio control. It, it, we haven't quite, well, until recently we haven't gotten to that, uh, that point in our weaponry, right? And now we've got smart everything. So, you know, maybe that's not the case anymore. But back then, you know, to our knowledge as a collective, there was no bullet that could do what supposedly this magic bullet could do. So just saying that the, the term conspiracy theorist has more than done its job of alienating us from each other, from the world, and so on. Um, so, you know, when I was kind of looking into this stuff, I'm like, okay, you know, 
start looking into all the fun things like, uh, like of course, cryptids, the moon landing, old favorites, JFK, that sort of thing. And the more I started looking into these things and, you know, kind of, I guess you could even say 9-11 was, you know, an eye opener, obviously. Um, but then like the world just kept inverting more and more thoroughly, it just flipped on its head and stayed inverted. And, you know, things aren't so carefree anymore. Um, it's not just a few conspiracies that we can all kind of discuss and, and, you know, they've handed us the proof of so many uh, events being falsities or, or fallacies, right? They've just handed it over. Um, but that being said, I, I feel really compelled to stand up and speak out, even though I know everything that I'm going to say is going to end up in a database somewhere, right? If it hasn't already ended up there. And, uh, maybe used to form a digital twin of me or assess how myself or others might behave, uh, given a certain situation, you know, but I still stand up and, and I'm speaking out and speaking out against all that is bad with this world. Um, really first starts out like looking into history. Like I was saying, it feels hollow. It feels like a, like a sham. Um, and then you start seeing current events unfold and you start seeing these things echoed throughout the history we're given. Um, you know, some of the echoes may very well be tacked on time into our timeline, like uh, Fimenko suggests. And that makes a lot of sense to me because, well, first and foremost, the history we are given just doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, the, the way with which we're told things have happened doesn't ring true. Uh, I know I'm not the only one to feel this way or to see this. So we'll leave that at that. Um, but, you know, looking into that sort of thing, I start to realize that everything in between, you know, even the fictional stories that we have read or were told, um, even things like Stephen King's novels, you know, uh, and this is what really kind of throws me for a loop is a lot of the stuff that Stephen King suggests or writes about in his, uh, in his books, we're finding out that there's like, even if it's a very, uh, very big stretch, um, you know, there's a basis in truth here. Um, things like the post-apocalyptic post world with which the dark tower is set in and the, uh, time-space manipulation involved in this series of books and or movie also ties into a psychic psychokinetic energies um, and things like that and basically suggests that psychokinetic energies were used against humanity uh, tools were taken uh, people were taken and used to implement or use our power against us. I believe that we are all very spiritual creatures and all have the capability of on some form or another, uh, whether it be ESP or different cognitive functions that they have suggested are autism. I think some of the autisms that they point out, um, you know, coming along with the inability to 
decipher social cues and things like that, uh, we'll, we'll see some of these people be savants in other areas. And, um, you know, I, I believe that humanity has been scaled down in all manner of speaking from its former greatness, um, maybe both, both in size and in, uh, imagination and in, uh, you know, our ability to process out what's going on in our heads and in our spirits and, and manifested in, in the world we live in. Uh, this has been taken away from us by simply turning us ignorant, by simply denying us the the truth. I can't even say facts anymore because facts are suggestive of some kind of fact checker, right? So that's kind of nuts. But yeah, so you know, we'll get into a little bit about Stephen King in a, another episode today. I'm just going to go ahead and take a look at. Uh, a few more easily obtainable pieces of information. Um, a couple of books I've got here that I'll touch on. Uh, one of which is the Oxford history of the American people. Another one is uh, a book on the French revolution and Louis the uh, 16th versus the French revolution. Okay. And um, the reason that I bring these books up at all is simply the, audacious nature with which these are presented to us and they aren't presented to us as truths. They are presented as outright narratives and stories. If you pay attention to even on the cover of these books, right? Even inside the first cover on the preface, it tells you that this is just a story. This is just the, the tale with which has been spun to a lot for this period of time in history. Okay. And there's a lot of controversy over these periods of time, whether it be the French revolution, the French Indian wars, the war of 1812, um, onward and upward. And I'm kind of, uh, I guess you could call me a subscriber to the theory that uh, war is not a natural thing. War is not a human thing. This is something that has been brought to us and handed down by these lizard people up in control, whatever you want to call them, evil lizard people, uh, demons, right? Cause I, I think this all stems back to black magic rituals, uh, happening right at the tail end of, of what I guess we would coin the, the, uh, Renaissance, right? Um, so, you know, these dark arts rituals, while if you're not a believer, that may be fine and everything. These people believe in this stuff. There's power in intention. There is power in, in belief, which is why all of our belief systems have been just absolutely hijacked. So there are people out there that put together the symbology and the codes that are in things ranging from the Bible to uh, back to the future, right? Um, so if that is true, if these things are true, that there is a relationship between fiction, between uh, mythology and tales and symbology and, and codes and numeric uh, messages and uh, planning and astrology. And if these things are tied together and we're seeing more and more connections being made to suggest this, then 
it seems to me that that there are reasons behind every single thing that we're shown and what we're told and what we consider to be the mainstream entertainment group or structure. Uh, so books, TV shows, movies, even radio programs, right? You see a lot of stuff like this where you've got a ton of podcasts now that are just dogging on the conspiracy culture, um, bringing their own fact checkers on. And, you know, uh, this is something that I've noticed uh, along with the help from several people who are in this game of, of podcasting of truth, they're seeing, and we're all seeing just the skewed numbers on ratings, the skewed numbers on downloads, on number of listeners, uh, number of uh, subscribers, whether it be, you know, YouTube or any of these other things, it, it really doesn't matter. You're seeing skewed numbers and we're all being thrown into these very narrow reaching bandwidths. Um, you know, I, I do feel and I, and I'm seeing more and more that us as conspiracy theorists are not alone. We are, if anything, the majority of people at this point, of course, there are people that want nothing more than for things just to be chill and for life to carry on and for, you know, all the drama just to stop. But you know, the drama doesn't stop until you stop subscribing to the drama. Then poof, suddenly it's gone out of your life. And you know, you can't save everybody. But we can we can make an effort in our own ways, right? We can each have even if it's the smallest impact. And that's part of what I got into this for is just to have a small impact on even if it was one person at the time. And you know, even though this is only my second episode, I'm having this impact right directly around me in my family group and um, in, re- in my ability to reach out to others just on a whim uh, has has gone up. So, you know, slowly but surely I'm chipping away at this this fear factory that they've implemented in my brain and in my mind and programmed me to be a self-fulfilling, uh, pessimist, right? (laughs) Uh, so, you know, set up problems in my head that could happen in the future and somehow fulfill these myself through my pessimism, which is instilled through this programming. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, you know, it started out just looking into things, right? Um, we were all kids once. We all have seen cartoons. Um, things that really caught my eye was the volume of quicksand cartoons and suggestions of of you sinking into the into the mud. Um, you know the briar patch, uh, the tar patch, right? All of these things that are in like Disney and just other cartoons from the early early cartoon. <laughs> era, I guess you'd call it. Um, so seeing that all growing up and now understanding a little bit more where all of this comes from with the fact that, you know, and there were mud in the streets, right. And like Huckleberry Finn or, um, Tom Sawyer, right. A lot of these start out, but then there was mud in the streets and that sort of thing. So that being said, um, there are reasons why, why these, uh, 
these fantasies and these cartoons are would resonate with us as as youth, right? Um, there are pieces of the real story in there, which is why, like I said, certain movies and shows, things like Avatar, with you know the genocide of an entire people, um, I wouldn't doubt that you know Avatar has some basis, even if it's in the past, the very distant past when, you know, like in the Vedic texts, they talk about, you know, their gods warring with each other in the skies. Right. And, um, and, you know, like Shiva, the destroyer has blue skin, right. And all this stuff. So there are links. Uh, they may be kind of a stretch at times, but there are links with certain movies and, and, and things um, which is, these are the heartstrings they pluck. They, they are drawing you in by using false memories against us. Um, and that's what movies are. I, I'm a strong believer in the sense that these movies, these tales that were told, and I'm, I'm willing to say every single fantasy, fiction, or tale that is spun as fiction or fantasy has a nugget of truth in there that is being covered up by this fiction, by the rest of the lies. Okay, so you've got to focus on what's going on in the movies and the TV shows. Um, for example, there's some shows on HBO now that are are really suggestive of a high-technology time in the 17 and 1800s, they call it Victorian era. Um, I think that the Victorian nameplate on this is simply because this was the usurper, right? This is the people that were coming into power and wanted to drown out the la- the rest of history, to drown out things like um, the Raftsman's Journal. And you can look this up. There's a Raftsman's Journal where it talks about antiquities in America. And so maybe later on here, when I dig into a couple of these books and read y'all some, some quotes and some excerpts, um, I'll pull that up and we'll dig into that too, because it's all very relevant. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. Okay. But, um, I just want to get into all that stuff. Uh, and you know, like I said, it all started with looking at our lost history and what People are calling now Tartaria, but I'm beginning to wonder if Atlantis isn't closer to what people are suggesting as Tartaria. And um, so the massive, massive infrastructure that we see, like in these world fairs and things like that, was this perhaps... The, what we know as the Atlantean culture, all right? Um, and I know we're all told the story that in the Bible, uh, you know, the, the populace was evil and had to be wiped out. Um, I'm starting to wonder, you know, if this culture wasn't targeted and wiped out because it was righteous and holy and godly. Okay, um, because to have a civilization that is high technology, to have a civilization that is worldwide, and to have a civilization that 
only ever grows and gives glory to God would be a detriment to uh, what the Gnostics term the Demiurge, right? So the Demiurge is the one that wants to have control, the one that currently controls the paradigm that we're in, the one that has severed our ties from God and why it is so difficult for us to seek true spirituality in this realm without being subject to massive amounts of fear and hatred and that sort of thing. Um, so they've you know, linked spirituality with hatred and with fear. They have successfully joined these things at the hip. You know, it is an, an, a crazy evil monster spirituality anymore, right? Um, so that being said, uh, ties into Gnostic, you know, terms like the Demiurge. Uh, and this is something, you know, look, listen to David Icke, all right? Listen to him talking about the facade of the world we live in, right? This is absolutely true. Absolutely true. So if you had somebody wanting to something, somebody, whatever you want to call it, wanting to control the masses, wanting to own this realm, right? I suppose the first step would be to cut the tie with God. Okay, and not just the concept of God, like we're seeing now, they're trying to cut out the concept of, of God or a, uh, a source power. But um, first you would, you would physically or, you know, energetically cut off ties, right? So in, in mythology, we see the rainbow bridge, we see Midgard, right? Like the earth is the middle ground. It's, um, for lack of better phrasing, the bottom level of heaven and the top level of hell, right? We are the in-between, right? Um, so everything we're being told about, um, about these connections that used to be in place with the heavens, I really feel that this is 100% true, that there was a divine connection that linked us with other realms and that has been severed. Uh, with a purpose, this has been severed with the purpose of isolating us and controlling us, controlling our creative nature, controlling our divine spark. And, you know, I'd hate to say, it, but it's looking pretty good on their end. They're really, really succeeding in this. And unless, uh, you know, a lot of us stand up and more and more, it's not a standing up of having a violent tendency or a, you know, a gun or, uh, acting out, or even, you know, they suggest that maybe we should go to the streets and, and riot like you've seen in the last couple of years. Right. And I don't think that these are the solutions. I really feel that, and we're seeing more and more that, um, manifestation is possible with enough intention. Right. I mean, every morning when we wake up, what do we intend to do? Go to work and, work and we do don't we it happens doesn't it that's us manifesting that reality so who's to say we can't manifest far far uh more energetic and more uplifting things right so i know it's hard it's hard to be you know 
under the thumb of this energy dynasty that is robber barons, that is the power structure at play, and to not lose all hope. But keep in mind that everything that we are told is bullshit. Quite literally, everything we are told is bullshit. Now, that's not to say there might not be flakes and you know specks of truth and of reality in embedded within these lies and this garbage. But um, in order to see through all the bullshit and see what's really going on, you have to, I mean, I had to stop running away from reality. That was the biggest thing that was keeping me from being awake to this and from being able to pay attention to what was going on to such an extent where I can articulate it now. Right. Um, you know, I have a, a past of, like I was saying, running away from this reality. Um, anything I could do to dull my senses or remove me from the reality that I saw as, you know, hopeless, uh, I did. And I succeeded for a lot of years in uh, cutting myself off from the world, isolating myself, and feeding my energy to these negative kind of, uh, entities. You know, I, I definitely, after having a long stint with it, believe that, uh, you know, certain drugs are, um, embodiments of evil, especially when you get to, you know, crystals containing vast amounts of information of, you know, when you scream, I hate you at a glass of water and then freeze it, the crystals aren't lining up right. Um, or they have a different crystal structure, right? So what happens if the intention is to create a drug that will alienate people from each other, that will bring people to the dark side, that will make it more possible for people to be possessed by demons, possibly? I think that crystal meth is that thing. It is that catalyst. It is, you know, more so a refined black magic ritual or uh, potion in its own right. Okay. And that I've got tons of reasons to give credence to black magic, sigil magic, and all these sorts of things. We are seeing it around us. And if you can't see it, it's because there's a spell of illusion cast on absolutely all of us. Right. And you've just got to be able to read between the lines. I, I know most of us didn't have uh, you know, English teachers that cared enough or that were able to, based on the text that they had, teach us reading between the lines and what's really going on. Um, I know when I was in high school, Animal Farm was the the one where they taught you to read between the lines. And, you know, that's fine and everything. But in order to get a, a kid interested in something, it can't be based on a false paradigm like everything has been. For the last uh, at least 200 years or so, right? Anyway, so that being said, um, you know, there's a lot to pay attention to. And I appreciate you joining along with me on this journey of enlightenment here. Um, so Tartaria, uh, not 100% sure that it's not kind of blended in with what was Atlantis, right? Or if they're just spinning it a new name to fit their own paradigm right? Because Atlantis is a myth. So let's not call it what it was or what it is, 
but let's call it something else, right? I think maybe there was Atlantis and there was Tartaria. Maybe there were two different things, two different time periods. Not 100% on any of that. There's a lot of information to parse through there, uh, you know. And uh, we see, like we had discussed on the Tartaria Roundtable, uh, we see the the Eye of Africa, right, um, with, you know, just desert surrounding it. If that was the center of what was Atlantis and is now just a scorched piece of desert, um, perhaps these deserts are not natural. The Sahara, the Mojave, um, they're even maps showing California as an island, uh, you know, as recently as like the 1650s. So if that whole inland sea, as it used to be, was filled in with enough, enough dirt, enough mud, right? Enough land to completely connect that to the United States. Where did all that dirt come from? Um, now there are some things I've been looking into and it was really kind of a, a synchronistic kind of a way, which I looked into the dust bowl years, these pictures of these giant dust bowls. Now, if you were in an era post mud flood, right. And it started kicking up windy or there's tons and tons of building projects going on all around the country, you know, um, kicking up all kinds of dust and all this stuff. Tell me that wouldn't cause a problem, right? Especially if you have a, an area of land in the Californias and then on this side, so the Arizona kind of land, right? So, you know, think about this. California as an island has an inland sea or whatever. There's a sea that runs up through the middle of it. Therefore, places like Arizona would have been that's right, beachfront property, things like we see in Tool. I think these are all pointing towards things that have happened in the past. You know, see you down in Arizona Bay is talking about the past, not talking about an oncoming and impending doom, like I had always thought growing up, right? When you listen to Tool's uh, song Enema, you will hear that. Learn to swim, see you down in Arizona Bay. I really, really feel and believe in my soul that this has happened. This has been in the past and is being presented to us as an oncoming uh, catastrophe when it's already happened very recently. Okay. And you got to look at it like this. Um, I don't know that the catastrophes, as we're told, happen as frequently as we are trying to be led to believe right? If you have these giant infrastructures all around the world, uh, another one I lean on on this is you look at in Iowa, the state house, absolutely massive. The scale is, is mind blowing and it's all encoded with sacred geometry and that sort of thing. Now you look at that and think, all right, what kind of civilization reaching up to that point would had to have had existed for these antiquities to exist. It couldn't just be hunter-gatherers. And if the hunter-gatherer period of humanity extends hundreds of thousands of years, then how long would it take for a civilization like this worldwide to exist? It would have had to have taken 
a very significant amount of time. It would have had to have taken everybody working together collectively with positive energies and with a positive outlook on technologies and things like that. Um, and up until a certain point, all of the beautiful things in the world were looked at as divine. Um, we are in an upside down plastic world right now. You know, it's just, that's what it is. It's inverted. It's upside down. It's a mess. It's mayhem. <laughs> so let's see here. Uh, so, you know, just keep in mind that there's, there's more out there than we're told. Um, if your favorite fictional book makes you ponder these things and think there, maybe there's a reason why maybe these artists are trying to tell us things that, well, they're not allowed to talk about. I mean, you know, you, you look at, uh, the one guy that, that was on that news excerpt talking about the moon is plasma. Uh, and then he just disappeared and that's the only recording of him at all, you know? Um, and his whole name is tarnished and all that sort of thing. So you see these, these people that come out with the truth and they've tried to tell us, right? They have tried to inform us the best of their ability without putting a target on their back. Like I think that happened to probably just about all of the, um, musicians, especially that come out with a message when that message gets a little too clear, gone. Look at Bob Marley. Look at Chris Cornell, <laughs> you know, look at a lot of, a lot of music has meaning to it. And that's another thing that I'll start digging into in these episodes is reading off some of these lyrics to some of the music I grew up with. And uh, I'll tell you what I really think is going on here. And, you know, my opinion may not be worth a damn to some people, but there are folks out there that get it, that it clicks with. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lean quite so hard into waking people up as, you know, I probably wanted to initially, because a lot of that fight can't be won by just me. A lot of that fight has to be um, kind of taken on together by the lot of us. And, and I feel like as soon as we reach a collective understanding of everything that's going on. And once that reaches critical mass, like I believe it is reaching that some sort of a critical mass. Now look at all of the information coming out on the old world, on Tartaria, uh, that sort of thing, right? It's absolutely crazy. So, you know, there was a period of time where I started to consider myself kind of black pilled, like, Oh no, where's, where's the hope? Where's the joy? You know, um, at, plagued my consciousness for a lot of years. Like I was saying, just made me want to run away. Right. So, you know, just like a vast majority of all of us truth seekers, you get to a point where you're like, where's the hope? What, you know, I can't look up at the sky without seeing what's going on up there. I can't turn on the TV without getting propagandized. Um, you know, so I just, uh, at first my, my meditation was in the guise of just Stop doing the destructive things that I've been programmed to and have allowed myself to become a part of um, using, abusing, lying, cheating, stealing, all of the stuff that goes along with 
you know, self-destruction. Um, so, you know, it all starts out like, all right, how do I refrain from doing these horrible, uh, bad energy things uh, they be using or like I was saying, just, uh, lying comes in, of course, wherever there's using and shame and all that, it comes in. Um, so, you know, I, I was trying to run away, trying to be in a different reality so that I could quiet the fear. Right. And thing is, uh, the thing they don't tell you is, uh, that fear doesn't go away. That nagging voice will never stop with drugs. If anything, it will get stronger. Uh, so I got into recovery and started spending a lot of time getting to know myself, uh, my mind and my spirit. I started contemplating and meditating on the thoughts that made me afraid. And it was only at that point that I realized that there is so much more than we are being denied so much more that we are being denied than just our history. Um, we are being denied our human right, our sovereignty and our spirituality in the most basic and most meaningful sense. Okay. We are told that magic is fantasy and that I, well, I believe that our, our best records are fiction um, or what we're told is fiction. So uh, a lot of the subject matter that I'll bring up from time to time, uh, some of it does come in an intuitive sense. And, um, you know, I've absorbed and continue to absorb as much knowledge through those uh, who have done the research in certain fields like hidden history, um, people like uh, like conspiracy theorists or, or even like current event reporters, right? So I try to absorb these pieces of information wherever they may come from and ponder this. You know, something we have the power to do is to think. All right. And this is being taken away from us. Like it's just a robbery. It's a wholesale robbery on thought. Okay. Is what's going on. And, um, so pay attention, you know, to current events and, and current paradigms. So hopefully my perspective can, can give just another angle, another point of view. Um, and is there for anybody out there listening, you know, anybody that feels like, oh my God, I'm all alone in this. There's no hope. And this has all gotten so crazy and so upside down that what could any one person possibly do to make a difference? Well, it starts with you. If you can make a difference for yourself and radiate that change to the people around you, whether it's your child, your sibling, or your mother or father, uh, though most of the time our mothers and fathers won't listen to a word we say when we have any kind of a uh, quote unquote degenerate past, right? So my solution's right here. This is, you know, me putting myself out there like I'd stated in the last episode. Um, just to focus my intention, right? And focus it, get it dialed in, get it out there, and push positivity. Okay. It sounds woo woo and crazy, but you know what? It's working for me. And I, I challenge anybody out there to focus your positive intention. As much as you focus your negative, as much as you focus your road rage, or as much as you focus your hatred towards your neighbor or your ex or any of those things, all of that energy is taken away from who you really could be. All of that energy is taking away from the positive you could be putting into the world. And absolutely, it's easier said than done, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, 
the world needs it. The world needs us. The world needs our passion. It needs uh, us to bring kindness and the spirit of understanding and hope and joy. It needs us to bring these things out into the world where, you know, although it may not be the as easy to access as CNN, putting it out there has an energy in itself. So uh, that being said, I've been thinking of this concept of, of us being humanity as we know it today, um, of it being a subspecies of a larger community uh, with things that would include things like giants and Sasquatch, maybe even fairies or gnomes or any number of things, right? Like the, the beasts of the earth, you know, maybe that live underground. We see a lot of references to lizard people or ant people in the Hopi. So my thought is the reason we see Sasquatch, and I know this is just off offhand and off, you know, kilter from where I was just uh, discussing. Um, I think that we see Sasquatch in some of these like off-grid areas. I think it's perhaps because they're more energetically intact. Um, you know, uh, if you subscribe to the Sasquatch being a an energetic entity that can like hop in and out of, of time or space, perhaps there's something to that. You know, perhaps there's something to these forests being left alone in these energetic areas um, because it's just too much energy for for them to, you know, undo. Um, and you know, in our upside down cityscape, there's there's rather less of a, or rather more of a veil of illusion, right? In these areas, um, and this comes again, I think, from sigil magic and just the intention, the focused intention of these people that are in control. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, and I, I don't, I'm not sure why I'm stuck on this subject, uh, in my head right now, but, uh, cryptids, you know, these creatures, these fantasy creatures, um, I'm feeling more and more like, like there's a tie to this old world energy, you know, and to this ether. Um, but I digress. Uh, I think we'll get into, we'll get into that, uh, a little bit further and another time <laughs> got kind of, uh, distracted by that thought there. But, um, a really cool thing that I did come across, uh, when I was looking through some web blogs and things like that was, was a concept, uh, you know, going into the, pandemic we're dealing with is the concept that what if this illness, right? That they're pushing so much for immunization over when they tell you it doesn't work, right? What if this, the sickness or whatever, right? Or what if this sickness is just an awakening that they're trying to do away with? Um, what if this quote unquote virus is awakening things in people that they do not want to see things like ESP cognitive abilities that are beyond what we consider normal or for lack of another term, maybe superpowers. There's a thought that maybe this is waking our children up and waking people up to the reality uh, that we are special, that we are more that it's waking people up from this nightmare. And as soon as that starts to happen, what do they do? 
they pull out all the stops to shut it down, right? Uh, kind of seems like that would be a very valid driving factor. If I were in power, I would want to shut down something like uh, awakening happening. But what if it's just to shut down our cognitive ability to even process the information, right? You see a lot of these heavy metal poisonings, things like that, uh, are just knocking people back in the evolutionary chain. They're knocking us back in our <clears throat> in our thought processes. So, you know, we're not able to process thoughts and that sort of thing. More and more people are getting Alzheimer's and all of that stuff, and that all ties into uh, heavy metal poisoning and things like that. Maybe even the use of microwaves to radiate all of our food. I, You know, it's never seemed like a great idea to me. Um but there they are in all of our kitchens, right? Um, so, you know, we are already denied our own power as humans, right? So wouldn't, wouldn't then a superpower to them be anything that would conflict with their power structure? And, I mean, common, common sense by itself would do that. And it can very well be the superpower that they're trying to ver- prevent our children from having is just the ability to think for themselves by classifying basic things, um, you know, uh, like understanding and knowledge, uh, by, by them classifying these things as a superpower, um, which is, I, I think what they're, what they're kind of leaning towards with this is th- the suggestion is that we don't deserve to think we don't deserve to feel, we don't deserve to have these divine inspirations unless we are building for them unless we are creating for them. Right. So think about on a spiritual sense, your energy, your essence, if you will, your life force, what makes you, you, um, where do you draw the line in the sand? Where do you, do you hand over your power willingly because you're afraid? I know it's not an easy thing to, you know, to justify. Um, but more and more of us are finding justification for handing over our power and our rights. And it all stems from fear. So, what if the kids are waking up? What if the kids are getting superpowers, are becoming more cognitively aware, finding loopholes to all this poisoning in the, in the world going on by developing a stronger divine spark? What if that's what's going on? What if that's what's happening that they're trying to put a stop to? Um, I can't tell you over the past five years how many more, how much more of the masses I've seen talk about things like meditation, the pineal gland. And so perhaps we're breaking through this calcification that they've implemented through food and drink and everything. Um, You know, maybe it's just not happening fast enough for them. People are waking up too quickly. But uh, so that's something I just thought that there was something very interesting to the superpower um, hypothesis that I, I read about earlier this week. So another thing, though, is when... When we see all this knowledge spewing forth, um, you know, things like Tartaria and Starforts and all of this stuff, 
it kind of makes me wonder why are we why are we now getting access to all this information um you know information coming up about giants about everything we've been lied to about um what what is uh what is going on here it's almost like we're gaining information about the past uh in a in an effort to distract us from what's going on around us you know they could just shut down our access to a lot of this shit and people wouldn't know any different. Okay. But here it is flowing like water out on Instagram and everything like that. Uh, you know, all the politics and issues going on are taking a back seat in a lot of circles to this hidden history thing. So, um, you know, I, I see it as just a dividing factor uh, again, and it sucks to have to see that. But, um, you know, we've been sold the fear game for so long. We've been sold the racism game for so long that it's just a part of quote unquote culture. And, you know, if you know anything about the Tavistock Institute, if you know anything about every single movement that humanity has had in the last hundred years being hijacked and controlled, then you understand that we are being played expertly against each other. Absolutely, expertly, absolutely expertly. And, you know, I can't say that hard enough or loud enough. We are being played against each other in such a fashion that unless we get a decent number of us to, to really kind of grab the world by the cojones and, and put a stop to this, it's not going to stop. Um, you know, there are things like, uh, racism going on. I don't think that people are in, in, in the heart of things. I don't think that we are racist. I don't think that we are hateful beings. Um, and you know, I, I know it's been said in religious circles quite a bit, uh, for long as I could tell that there's a planet play and this is a, a battle, a spiritual battle between light and dark. And you see things like, Oh, and this is diving into some some stuff that I'm looking at is like, okay, while we're all distracted by hidden history, you know, our generation, right? Our children are having to encounter things in their life like graphene oxide and the Oculus and Meta and this dream world that we're that they're being sold. And and our kids are being sold a dream world. I don't care what anyone says, I'm seeing it happen. And I honestly am kind of at a loss as to how to how to approach this when it comes to you know my child. Um, first and foremost, I think is not getting him an Oculus. Uh, but see that then it's spun like we are are punishing our kids for wanting the things that they by all means you know deserve to want these advances in technology and this fun stuff. Right? It's being pitched in such a fun aspect. Sun, fun manner of speaking that, you know, to our children, it seems like we're punishing them. So again, that's with us being played against each other. So maybe, um, maybe that's why all this access to information is coming up. It's, uh, it's being employed to distract all of us and kind of have us arguing again, like the flat earth thing had everyone arguing and people are still arguing and, you know, uh, and there are 
some groups within the truth community that are so deeply fixated on this old world subject and are pushing so hard to bring this to light that we're kind of at a stalemate right there. So what's the bigger picture? You know, we got to pan back sometimes. We got to fractal ourselves out of the little picture, you know, back on up. You pan back far enough, you'll see the big picture. Um, But you've got to find within yourself, uh, within your soul, the power to do that, you know. And um, it looks different for everybody, taking that power back. So, you know, the whole Tartaria old world thing, is is just a, a bigger rabbit hole than I I expected, um, and it's uh, like as headlong as I dove into that, I'm I can't take myself out of it in a short period of time. Um, you know, we've got factions there uh, from the Melted Buildings frac- faction to the cymatics faction and everybody kind of holds to these really tiny factions or groups of understanding and thankfully you're starting to see more and more people reach out and talk to each other about this stuff like in a real world way it's unfortunate that um us talking to each other has been demonized to such an extent that now we're having to use only platforms and things uh you know things like zoom and whatnot to talk to each other when, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we could actually meet in person and that was all just torn away as soon as it started to begin. It seemed like as soon as that flat earth or the hidden history thing started gaining traction, poof, all of a sudden this crown virus comes in, right? So it's just a, they're just implementing a sickness in the head for us. That's it. Um, that being said, uh, we're still arguing over a lot of these trivial little things instead of listening to each other and figuring out what to do with the information. Um, I mean, I, I know I'm still trying to figure out what to do with all this information, and it just keeps coming. Tons and tons and tons of information. Um, so, you know, I've been digging into the hidden history subject side of things, you know, not just the conspiracy side, but hidden history, like um, architecture, that sort of thing for like six or eight months now looked at tons of architectural drawings. And and it's it's funny because what you can find are drawings and some very basic photography uh, and a lot of etchings. Right. Um, But the drawings are like cutaways of the superstructure of buildings showing how these things were ventilated. And yes, all of these old world structures had, built-in ventilation and cymatic aspects to them, uh, which, you know, is amazing and has not been done since. Everything that is done in ventilation on modern architecture is done through what's called an HVAC or, um, you know, moving air through a freaking duct, okay? Back in this old world architecture and structure, there was not so much ducting. It was built into the stonework it was built into the ceilings and that form that sort of thing okay um keep in mind we don't find in in the fireplaces we find steel or some type of a metal panel that's reminiscent of say maybe a toaster or some form of energy emanating plate Um, we are not accessing all of the information regarding antiquitech which is unfortunate 
Um, and it leaves, you know, room for argument, which, you know, is unfortunate also, but, um, so there are a lot of carvings. There are a lot of etchings. Um, a lot of these etchings are showing not ruined medieval type structures, but still in sta- intact structures. And a lot of these come from supposedly like the 16 and 1700s. And, um, you look at that period of time when supposedly the black plague was supposed to have happened and it all just like lines up with the same period of time. And it's, everything kind of falls into this gray area of the last, well, prior to 150 or almost 200 years ago, a uh, couple hundred years, a few hundred years in there, maybe even as far back as like the 1400s. But I digress. I'm getting too fixated on this timeline situation because time is relevant to your perspective. So that being said, um, so yeah, there's just an obscene amount of information coming out about star forts, about star cities, about Tartaria angle. So, um, you know, it's become an all encompassing term. Um, but a point of view that I've looked into is that Genghis Khan uh, the lineage tying to Muhammad and, and all of this sort of uh, Eastern civilization um, has been washed down in such a sense that, or such a sense that um, as far as I can see, I think that this was the dynasty that came up before the Roman arms. Um, and, you know, not to say that the lineage of the cons may not be pulling the strings from behind the scenes, uh, up till this day, but it's just, uh, you know, after looking at the family tree, I've had access to, and that sort of, sort of thing. And, you know, the, uh, letters and, and, uh, correspondence that I've seen regarding like Kublai Khan and Genghis Khan and, and the Khan lineage. Um, I am willing to stretch, take a stretch here and, and say that, maybe this is a seat of current power paradigms like the Rockefellers, the Morgans and that sort of thing. Um, like perhaps the Khan lineage is what was infiltrated first, right? Like maybe this was the lineage that was infiltrated and usurped in order to give us the world we have today, which is why Tartaria is being snuffed out as, you know, a real, hmm, as a real worldwide culture. Um, maybe it's being stomped out because they didn't play ball. Right. Um, so that's, that's just the thought there. Um, and, uh, you know, right around the time the con, the con empire fell off was right around the time that all this dark arts shit starts going on in England and, you know, the Victorian area and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so we're seeing that happen and it's, it's directly stemming from like the English area, the England area. Um, it's stemming from these Royal families. Uh, it's stemming from, you know, France, we hear of Napoleon and, you know, the tales of, of the Napoleonic Wars and things like that. I, I think these are all just very clever cover stories for a massive usurpment of power that is still going on to this day. 
Um, they have taken some people and recognize them like, you know, the Moors in Louisiana, they've recognized them in UNESCO. So they're telling you that this indigenous culture is the oldest on the planet. And they're telling you that it's in Louisiana, but they're also telling you that the Indians are the natives to America, only the Indians, right? That's a big question mark for me. Um, so th- there's definitely something to the the Genghis Khan monarchy or or what we call it, patriarchy. I don't even know what you'd call it because we had several different you know kings, or maybe these were just the first inheritors, the first inheritors of all of these star cities, um, either prior to the mud flood or not. Um, it's really hard to tell the timeline because of all of the trickery, you know, at play here. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, maybe the con lineage was, was in play prior to, uh, the civilization we have now in place, you know, the Americas, all the states and countries as we know them now, um, but was in a sense on the back of that full world civilization. Um, you know, maybe the cons were the first ones to overtake the giants in the Eastern uh, Europe kind of area, right? And so they took over all of that and and kind of held it down, you know, whereas in the Americas, we still had uh, giants ruling probably as recently as like the 1600s when the Spanish went to California and found the giant Amazon women that were inhabiting the land. Okay, so again, this ties to everything that we are told as a fiction. Things like Wonder Woman, right? Coming from Amazonia, island out by itself. Perhaps this happened in the past. I'll reiterate that. <clears throat> so, uh, we've all been told, you know, the story of, of the Khan lineage of them being you know, trying to invade China, but all of the, all the evidence points to the wall facing the opposite direction, the great wall of China that is. Um, so that it was perhaps the Tartarians trying to keep the Chinese out. I definitely think that the English, uh, influence has been in China as long as we are allowed to understand. Um, the English influence controls China. We'll call it the English English influence or the Victorian influence or whatever. This controls China. China was taken as um, a key factor in, in the building of the empire that is now the one world, new world order. Okay. Um, so this spice trade, as we're told, you know, realistically, was a people trade. This was the relocation of people, the Shanghai, you know, the term Shanghai comes in right around this time. They were just moving people around the world to implement their new narrative and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of that to get into. Um, Right now I'm just laying it on the line, explaining that this is what's going on. So, I'm suggesting that Atlantis, what we're told is Atlantis was maybe only a thousand years ago. 
um, maybe a little bit more. Uh, this is based on accounts saying that when the antiquities in America were found, there were uh, two series of growth uh, on them, giant or large cedars uh, up to 800 years old. And they seem to have been the second set of, of, uh, of trees that had grown in, in this area. Okay. So to allow for that period of time where America was, uh, wild, you know, after the cataclysm and, and, you know, I think that this, this Mad Max style, uh, culture that we saw here in the United States, these tribal warring nations were just what was left over after the cataclysm. Um, so, you know, for them to have implemented their culture, maybe it took a few hundred to a thousand years, right? Um, maybe these trees took a few hundred to a thousand years to grow back up on these ruins. And some of these weren't completely ruined like we see in South America, like we see in, um, you know, in Egypt, uh, that sort of thing. Some of these places were just simply buried and remain buried to this day. So keep that in mind. But um, on the subject of Tartaria, I was looking into the Dust Bowl uh, and the story that farmers are using the wrong type of plow. This is the story. They're using the wrong plow, plowing too much, kicked up dust, and there's giant dust storms all across the Midwest. Um, the dates were told is like 1935. That would make it after the Great Depression, okay, which doesn't make sense. Supposedly, the Great Depression was caused by the failing of crops, and then the Dust Bowl happened like right after that point in time. I think that these dust storms were probably happening for a very significant period of time after whatever the destruction was that causes the desertification of parts of the world. Okay. Uh, there's evidence to suggest that perhaps prior to this last cataclysm, there was a, an extreme amount of mining being done by these powers that are now in place as the usurper. Um, perhaps, you know, there's a lot more to the story of things like the, the spice trade than, you know, we're, we're allowed to understand. Um, like, you know, flip out the word spices and silks with people and drugs, and you have the recipe for power. And if you are moving people all over the world, and at the same time, getting them all thoroughly addicted to all sorts of different chemicals that you have control over, you are flexing your power structure right from the beginning, right? And that's what it seems to be that was going on there. So, um, you know, the, the, the dating of these photos from the dust storm, from the dust bowl, some of these pictures look significantly older, um, and they line up with the period of, you know, 60, 70 years across the U.S. Um, and, you know, what could contribute to massive amounts of dust in these areas? Well, uh, for example, if there's a, a theory out there that the um, Grand Canyon may not have existed until very recently, perhaps this is... Uh, 
a evidence of electrical scarring on the planet. Perhaps very well could be. And, um, when you look at some of the structures within the grand Canyon, they definitely look like very regular symmetrical, even, um, you know, golden ratio inspired measurements structures. Uh, it takes a certain type of eye to see this, but you know, it's, it's a possibility. Now, you know, if all across America, these towns are being founded, things are being dug out of the mud, basically for the last 60, 70 years, I'd imagine you'd have a significant amount of dust. Um, and I'd imagine that this would lean towards the need for lawns, for the lawn, the need for the American lawn, right? Or the worldwide lawn. You see lawns in England too, just grass, just the lawn, right? And you see a major push and a major involvement with companies like Monsanto, even way back then, IG Farben, way back then, finding out how to get things to survive on this layer of dirt that wasn't great for growing in this mud, this muck, right? So you see a lot of that. You see bumper crops starting to be used. You see a lot of this, um, a lot of this change, right? You see a lot of this change to the way that things are done uh, on the back of that cataclysm that we're not told anything about. Um, so, so just imagine, you know, across the entire country, across the world, you got places being dug out of the mud everywhere. Absolutely. Ever being dug out of the dirt, things being built, things being rebuilt, things being torn down and blown up. You see a lot of dynamiting of things happening in this period of time in just about every major city in the U S you see some form of, of a conflagration or devastation or numerous fires. You see all sorts of things happening. Um, and you see a lot of stone infrastructure burning, <laughs> burning to the ground, right? A lot of statues burning down. I didn't know you could burn down a statue, but okay. <laughs> so you see a lot of that stuff going on. So the dust bowl, uh, definitely strange that we are pitched so much about it, that there are movies. Anytime I see that there's, you know, movies, Dust Bowl, over here in America in 1935, there were dust storms. You know, when you see this sort of thing, pushing you to lean a certain way in believing or not believing in something, what's the point? You got to ask yourself, what is the point? Uh, the point is misinformation. The point is to get you to accept a lie because truth doesn't need to be explained. Truth doesn't need to uh, be convincing. Truth is truth. You know, we, we have, a lot of us have lost our ear for the truth, which is unfortunate, but a lot of us are gaining that back again. So just imagine creating massive amounts of aggregate for building projects Think of the absolutely huge scale of some of these projects with the industrial nature with which they're performed. The, um, the taming of the new frontier, right? 
I highly doubt that the wrong type of plow churning up so much topsoil that the topsoil was gone and the crops failed. Um, and, and we had like a mini famine okay during that time. So this is a period of time where the pictures we see of these cities have nobody in them. You know, you see them digging out the, uh, the Capitol building with horses and plows. You really think that with horses and plows, they could do that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe the, uh, the famine came along on the, in the sense that, uh, the crops started failing because you didn't have buffalo roaming the plains anymore, fertilizing everything. Makes sense, right? About, what, 30, 40, 50 years worth of uh, crops would probably be all you'd get out of that soil. But, you know, just ju- judging on the thick, black, mucky topsoil that we have here in the Midwest, sometimes is 10, 20, 30 feet deep. How they would churn through all of that plow it up into the air and cause this giant dust storm. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, you know, but I look forward to uh, engaging in this conversation with, uh, with others. So, uh, I just don't buy the whole, you know, plow it away the topsoil with the wrong type of, uh, of a plow. I just don't think that was the case. Um, and to aerialize it and create a dust bowl, you know, that affected massive amounts of people in cities all throughout the Southwest. I, I don't think so. I think that this was, part of the methodology that they used to cover everything up in the first place. And they just continued to do that until everything was covered to their satisfaction. Okay. Um, Cause what happens when you add rain to dust, you get mud. Okay. So maybe it wasn't just a, you know, a flowing, a flow of a mud flow, right. Um, which would make sense because of the way everything's kind of buried, right. If you had a dust storm and then it rained, that would just lay the stuff down right where it lands, right? That's making a little bit of sense to me. I don't know about you, but uh, definitely makes some sense to me. So, uh, yeah, during this time, you have you know massive deforestation going on all along the West Coast. Um, you find that national parks were starting to be created and and enforced to you know in an effort to conceal the the same thing with forests that they you know coated everything else in mud. Right. So they left large pockets of easily accessible forest alone while clearing vast majority of other places. And I know it seems like, oh, this is just a coincidence. This is just, you know, crazy talk when you're looking at the connections here and how if you imagine how this would play out compared with the story that we're given, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just wild. So combined with all the establishment of these small towns throughout the Midwest and, you know, after looking at pictures of each of these city centers and being to quite a few of them, um, there are things that are just out of place. Um, in, in particular, I was in one of these small city centers and at the base of one of the stairwells going up to like a second floor apartment was this extremely weathered, like sandstone, gargoyle and i mean when i say extremely weathered i mean this thing is a either super old or has been destroyed and sanded down or you know brought 
to a much more basic level than it once was. It's former glory, former glory. So it seems to me that, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing things like cornerstones to staircases, statuettes, little gargoyles, the little vase type structures that are all along the, uh, the top, the upper molding of, of some of these places. You see a lot of this stuff in all of these town centers and they're all built right around the same time. Uh, late 1850s onward. So knowing that a lot of this old world architecture was there, having pictures of it being destroyed and pieced apart, as they say that they're actually building it in these pictures though, right? Um, personally, I've seen where all of the building material has gone from all of these once great cities. It's in all of the small towns. It's in all of the town centers. Each town center had a bell tower and its courthouse, more often than not a library and a main street of brick and stone. So something to keep in mind, they all look absolutely identical, aligned in the same fashion. Um, you know, that gargoyle statuette thing just threw me for a loop. You know, I'm not a certified freaking rock expert, but when you look at some of these things and they stand out like a sore thumb amidst the scheme of everything going on, you see sunken windows, you see the types of things going on and you no, once you're awake and your eyes are open to suggestions, you know, uh, you know that it's just it's got to be a different story than what we're being told. Okay, so um, I just kind of start off where I was and where I where I could and, and make sense of it. You know, piece together what you can, and maybe collectively we can put it all together. Right. So, well, you know, I. It's, I know it's probably unnerving uh, the way I jump from thing to thing sometimes. Uh, they call it ADHD, but I think it's just having so much to break down uh, to try to figure all this out. And there's more information popping up every day. So from from so many different sources, it's kind of like, uh, it's like getting sensory overload of information. <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes that maybe the internet has gotten away from them. And they haven't quite, almost, but not quite, implemented their control structure. So while we're all being, you know, dazzled by the internet, it may be very well like the only tool we have right now is is this thing that they've given us to doom ourselves. Uh, you know, of course, everything's being documented and locked up in a facility somewhere. And, you know, the, the singularities coming and all that scary transhumanist stuff popping up. Right. So, uh, and I know for a fact, like, you know, I'm hitting certain keywords. So it's kind of unsettling thought that that leads me to want to reach out as hard as I can while I can to develop, uh, you know, the connections and the network that we're going to need in the coming time. So, um, you know, it sounds crazy to, to speak and sound like a pessimist, but we really do need each other more than ever. And it's so unnerving that we've all been separated by at least six feet or more, right? So 
Um, you know, I don't know that I can really try to snap anybody out of their dream state. It, it never seems to work, but I'm noticing more and more uh, people think, and I'm noticing more and more kindness come out of people, you know, and it, it gives me hope. It's nice. Um, so that's uh, about going to wrap it up today. Um, however, what do I have here? Ah, sorry about that delay there. Um, well, you know, I'll just pop back to this. So, so back to Bigfoot, (laughs) I was, uh, noticing in some etchings, like, um, like what I was saying there, etchings of Tartaria carvings, like wood carvings, you know, um, of different places that no longer exist. Uh, you know, there are these carvings and, and we're told, Oh, these are just, you know, creative works of art, right? Let's just say this though. There are the giant hairy men, okay, are in these pictures, are in these carvings, right? They're they're etchings. Again and again you see these things. And they are in most cases larger than um, you know, the smaller humans, which I think we are. Uh so my uh my gathering and my opinion of a lot of these etchings and things are that these were traced out in an effort to convince us that they're false. Um, that there were at one point, once upon a time, lots more photos and things of that nature than we're allowed or privy to. Um, so what I'm talking about is, is that, um, these Sasquatch, they, they existed in, in public life in the past. They, most likely were some of the ones that existed in this old world architecture. Um, If not, they maybe were a lot of what was used to build this architecture. Um, And I think the scale, as far as giantism goes, I think in the past it had gone all the way up through to where we see suggestions of petrified giants being mountains may very well have been. You've got to think of things in uh, the fractal nature with which we exist. And if you know anything about fractals, when you zoom in, what happens? It's just like you've panned out. You keep diving further and further and further and further in. Well, we are at the level we are. Um, Our energetic ties have been cut off from, you know, the heavens, um, and even in some, some ways from, you know, the underworld, uh, have been cut off, uh, to where now there, you know, maybe are very few places in the world places, who knows, maybe like Skinwalker Ranch where the bill is thin, um, that these things happen and perhaps some of this energetic phenomenon that we see crop circles, so on and so forth come from the remnants of what was here before. So not aliens, but the remnants of the energetic connections that were here from before. So let that uh, sink in and, and resonate with you there. Um, 
so one thing I was looking into is, is that, is that, you know, when you, when you read through things like, like the Oxford history of the American people, and you see that, uh, I heard somebody put it like this, that it's like a formula book, right? It's a, a textbook. It's propagandized in such a way and set up in a way that's, you know, visually appealing and aesthetically pleasing, but will get you as little information, actual information as is possible. So these records, these historic accounts, and um, most of these these accounts, they, they tie back to maybe a handful of correspondence supposedly between two people. Um and you know we're supposed to believe that the account of the story is is all we have right um basically you know a lot of these writers they're they're taking care of they're paid they are they're set in in society to such a high status that why would they do anything but what they're told right uh, look at our all of our universities being in old world buildings okay Every single one is a reclaimed, um, whether you want to call it Tartarian, I'd prefer old world. It is reclaimed old world infrastructure. Okay. So what these people are doing is they're putting these stories out and they know what they're doing because they're putting out fictions and modifying truths in order to make them only seem unreasonable or unobtainable or false. Right. Um, while not even trying to cover up their own fictitious nature anymore, at least not at this point, uh, you know, they don't give a shit anymore. If anybody notices that they all just shove us in a little, you know, echo chamber or whatever, right. They, they don't care. Um, we're all just kind of kept on the back burner and I'm really hoping it never gets to a point where, you know, like Fahrenheit 451, they come to take away all of our information or you know, burn our books. They are digitally burning our books as, as we speak. And as things goes on, go on. Um, so yeah, Bigfoot, I, I'm wondering if isn't a, a tie in to these energetic hotspots. Um, so I'm looking forward to speaking with a couple of people. I, I do think that there are probably pockets of, um, cryptids that are, are just just still exist from this past of where we all hunted them down you know um when i say we all i mean you know the powers that be um i think that the uh the native americans that were here hunted down the giants to such an extent and they left alone some of these small pockets of, of sasquatch and things these outliers were not the same creatures as the giants of old that were cannibalistic. I think they are two completely different things. So um, looking forward to getting into a bit more of that and uh, that sort of thing. And that's going to be it for me today. You can reach me at random frats on Instagram or keep an eye out for red thread podcast on Spotify. I'll be looking at getting it into the uh, apple pod area here this week and i want to thank you again for joining me on this journey of enlightenment it's been absolutely wonderful and a little bit later on this week i will be getting in touch with my third eye podcast uh, tom has invited me to come 
to uh, his new roundtable. I think it's called the uh, Talk at the Tavern. So we'll be in that a little bit later on this evening. So that'll be up next week. Uh, just keep your mind open. Don't focus on what the distraction is, if at all possible, please. There's plenty of it out there, plenty of distraction. Just hold on to your energy. Raise your vibes. Smile with your soul. And put light out there. Open your mind, Quaid. Open your mind.